0: Hello, traveler. Please, have a seat while I tell you the tale of the Prismatic Guard, starring Abby O'Neill as the combustible and often confused tiefling alchemist Flint Therai, Jason Hopps as the old veteran Robarth Mirax, a dragonborn warlock with a mysterious patron, Jerry Evans as an affable historian, the halfling bard Roscoe Suitfoot, and Ashley McLean as the carefree but determined Ottervoke samurai Margo hosted by Eli Royal. Join us on a tale of a world still recovering from a great war that changed everything.
1: Hello, you are listening to We Play RPGs, a series of networks that I should realize I should probably start introducing that this is like Prismatic Guard or something. Because we have other shows on our network now, but whatever, I've been doing this for a year. I'm gonna keep doing it. Fuck you. Fight me. Anyway, I'm Eli, and I'm joined by...
2: Hi, I'm Abby. I play Flint. Also, please don't fight anyone. I can't bail you out of jail. I have no money.
3: I'm Jason, and I play Roboth Mirax. I'm Jerry, and I play Roscoe Suitfoot, and I could bail you out of jail. I just won't. Otherwise, you'll never learn. (laughs) <laughs> sir you cannot leave him in this jail
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like margo uh you gotta take him Worked up. done i'm ashley and i play margo
3: and for the record margo does learn she just doesn't care yep yeah,
1: and much. this episode is mostly brought to you by metallic dice games and their wonderful selection of dice uh the so If you use our code, play it forward, you get 10% off of whatever dice you order, but I will say they have metal dice and they have stone dice and they're dope as fuck, but they also have just, you know, your standard resin dice, but one that I've been looking at a lot that uh, Ashley showed me is it's their like galaxy die. And it is quasi-translucent, but it has so much pink and purple pearl inside of it, as well as, like, some glitter. So it looks like a fucking nebula. And I love it.
2: I have other ones. One is, like, a black hole. Like, they have so many different ones in that, like, I guess, like, what is it called? Uh, Uh, Resin? Yes. (laughs) Like,
1: that resin is the type of dye. Uh, Plastic.
2: I was just talking about the theme.
1: Oh yeah, theme. They they have like a whole space theme. Yeah,
3: it's yeah, cat size galaxy. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's
1: dope as shit. But yeah, this episode is also brought to you by my never ending rage, and it is we were in the middle. You guys were fighting Arno the Revenant, who has sworn vengeance on Rovarth Mundhir the Cobalt wizard who is currently invisible, and Melma the Betrayer, priest of Ashku. And... (laughs) Yeah, I think at this point we're all very invested in in, in getting Mm Raver. And it is now Margo's turn. You are frightened, which means you have disadvantage on all skill checks, ability checks, and attack rolls.
2: But I can actually do something this time, right? Yes. Okay, that's great. I'm gonna try and stab her at disadvantage, because she's a jerk. That's fair. kill no.
1: A 12 does not hit.
2: Oh, I can go and try to kill the other dude. You can. It frightened me.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Let me do that, asshole. I'm scared, but I'm gonna fight back, bitch. Fight or flight. Yes! Yes! I got a 22 at disadvantage. And that hits. ten. hits 10, uh, 10 force damage.
1: That hurts. And now you can make a wisdom save to see if you get rid of the frightened condition. You do... Let me check before you... I was saying before you roll let me double check if you have disadvantage on... Okay, cool. You do not have disadvantage on saves.
2: Okay, good. Hmm, that's a nine.
1: Yeah, that's not good enough. Anything else you'd like to do?
2: Can I challenge at disadvantage?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you don't... You can challenge if you're frightened, is really what you're asking. Yes. And yes.
2: There we go. It just has to beat a DC 14.
1: Who are you challenging?
2: The nope. Our no. yes.
1: Yes, The Re- the Revenant. Alright, and he has to make a wisdom save. He got an 18. Alright, it is now Flint's turn. Uh, Flint, just real quick, what you have noticed is that Arno does not seem to give one shit about being on
2: fire. Cool. I was actually going to do something that's going to burn a spell slot, but hopefully it actually freaking. Actually, no, I should probably stay that spell slot for.
1: You do whatever you feel like doing. Whatever you think Flint would do in this moment,
2: lightning. So what, what I want to do is uh, I'm going to ping a spot on the map. If I move there and I shoot like a straight move line, I think
1: where I, ping the ping here.
2: Yeah, there. I think if I shoot in a straight line, I can manage to hit both Milma and uh, Milma and Arno at the same time without hitting anyone else. Mm,
1: no, you would still like if. Yeah, at the, at the weirdness know, that that is, you would still hit Margo.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a point.
1: Jeez. Yeah, there is nowhere you can stand. Well, you could move, like, right there or right here and hit just Melma. Or, you know, like, right here and hit just Arno.
2: Sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, I think... I will do that, then use a bonus, my bonus action to cast Heat Metal again. Can I do that?
1: Yeah. It hasn't been a minute. You haven't cast a concentration spell.
2: E to 14 for 31 damage.
1: You have to move your token first, so I know where you are and who has to save. So, were you trying to hit Arno or Melma? Arno. Okay. So he needs to make a DC 14 dexterity saving, though. So. Yep. That is something he does not have proficiency in. And he got a four. So how much damage?
2: 31.
1: All right. 31 damage. That hurts real bad.
2: Yeah, then as a bonus action, I cast Heat Metal again on Noma.
1: Let's see what her constitution save is. So don't forget to click that so I know what the damage is.
2: Oh man, I really hope she fails this.
1: Yeah, she got a she got a five. So eleven
2: five.
1: eleven oh, fire five. damage. Nice. Uh that hurts real bad. And it is <sighs> Rovarth's turn.
2: Good, fuck her.
3: Let's try this again. Dragon Slayer longsword. Mm-hmm. Just miss. Yeah, 16 doesn't hit. Try it. <laughs> Anything else? I have a question, actually. Huh. What would giving my weapon to somebody else count as? Object interaction, I guess? Because I would like to give the longsword to Roscoe, seeing how well this is going. And I'm thinking that Roscoe might be better at this than I am. I have no idea. But I know he was really good with that kopesh.
1: Well... The Kopesh, he was able to use with his dexterity.
3: Oh, uh, but you can't do that with a long sword and it's strength. No.
1: based Never
3: mind. Instead, I will dodge. Okay.
1: It is now her turn. And she will risk an attack of opportunity from Rovarth. And she will attempt to hit uh, Flint with her mace.
3: I got a 24 to hit her.
1: That definitely
3: hits. And it's three basic slashing, and then I get to roll another 3d6. Mm-hmm. Because of your custom rolls. Yes. Well, I mean,
1: it's, it's just a regular Dragon Slayer sword, and that's just how the Dragon Slayer sword works.
3: Yeah, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure in the base Damn. game they're classified as humanoid. But anyway, that's 16 damage total.
1: Oh, oh, yes, yes. In, in the base... Sorry, I thought you were talking about the weapon. No. Um, yes. Not Yildar. On Ildar, dragonborn are considered dragons for the purpose of things like this. So how much damage? 16 total. 16 total. That really fucking hurt. She was not prepared for you to actually hit. So that'll be quite a lot. However, she got a 19 to hit Flint.
2: Well, shit. I'm sorry about that again.
3: <laughs> that explained why I hit her because I didn't want her to hurt my Mm-hmm. A precious mm-hmm. Sweet boy. Yeah.
1: So she needs to roll. One, two, 3 66 damage.
2: <laughs> I'm in danger. I'm in danger.
1: As she hits you with her mace and then smites you. <gasps> so she does six bludgeoning damage. Oh, God. And 13 radiant damage. So 19 total damage.
2: I'm very hurt. God damn.
1: So, yeah, basically, what happens is she moves, and Rovarth, you get her good with this sword, and it hurts so fucking bad, but she is so focused, and she upward, one handed, swings this mace and hits Flint right in the solar plexus and sends him upwards into the shelves. And barely landing back on his feet with this flash of sickly green energy. And now it's Arno's turn. And Arno is going to take a moment to regenerate seven hit points because he's still on fire.
2: Wait, does this mean he's also getting zapped by lighting at the same time? Jesus fuck! Oh.
1: No, because that only applies to your cantrips. you uh,
2: clearing this up.
1: Yes. It's just that he regenerates more damage than the fire does, so he's just currently ignoring it. Uh, However, he is going to go ahead and make one swing at Margo. However, an 11 does not hit. No. And one swing at Rovarth. And a 13
3: does not hit. Every time he goes to attack me, it's always really scary because <laughs> he does a lot of damage to me. That is fair. And the Cabald
1: will. Ju- Actually, the Cobalt becomes visible as they have clearly cast or broken their concentration. And they say. In Draconic, it is time to leave. And they step into this teleportation circle and disappear. Roscoe, it's your turn.
3: Okay, before I make my turn, I, I just want to say I realized something about my improved Versa power. Mm-hmm. I can do it up to the amount I can do it up to my charisma modifier. Ah. I had forgotten about that. So did I, but I know that for future reference, but it- for right now, I am going to cure wounds on Rovarf. Okay. Alright. He gets ten. Alright. And I will give Margo my last bardic inspiration and say, finish her. Awesome. Speaking of, it is Margo's turn.
2: So, I'm gonna go after Malma. Okay. And- and do I just roll at an advantage when...
1: Uh, no. So the way... No, the way Bardic Inspiration works is you roll, like in this instance, your attack roll. And then before I say whether it hits or misses, you then roll an eight-sided die. Which over on the left side of your screen, you see a like a d20. And that's how you... Uh, on the, the screen, not your character sheet. You'll see a d20... And that's how you roll, just like random dice or an assortment yeah. of dice.
2: Cool. So let me go ahead and this.
1: Well, you roll it. Yeah, I was about to say you roll the attack first, and then before I get the chance to say uh, whether it hits or misses, uh, you roll the an eight sider and add it to whatever you rolled to hit.
2: All right. Twenty.
1: Okay. Twenty hits.
2: Okay. Cool.
1: And now, what is the damage?
2: 13.
1: All right. Margot, before you do anything else, Margot takes her sword and jumps up and buries it right into Melma's spine. And it actually pushes outward through her armor. And she, with Margot on her back holding this brilliant energy, Gladius, falls to her knees. And then falls forward. Savage. And she has died.
2: And I still have a turn.
1: Yep. Now you did forget to roll with disadvantage, but I'm going to let you keep that because I didn't realize until just now.
2: Oh, yeah, I forgot. So, alright, disadvantage, and then... Alright, so 16. That
1: that does not hit.
2: Alright, cool. So, that... Oh, I'm going to try and challenge this person again. Okay. So I am pretty positive that was DC 14. Wisdom? Let's see. Yeah, we can save DC 14.
1: All right. Let's see if he rolls below an 8. He does not. The undead are usually pretty hard to affect with stuff like that.
2: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, especially My turn. Revenants. Alright, it is now Flint's turn.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dang, I don't have any spell slots I'm going to cast. Firebolts on. Arno. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do.
3: Okay. Do your thing.
2: Okay, 13 to hit, which I imagine does not.
1: It does not, because he also has plate mail armor.
2: Well, fuck him. Okay, that's my turn. Alright. Yeah, and my heat metal's gone because, of course, will died. Yep. Yes. Yes, she's dead.
3: Rovarth, ah! your turn. Rovarth believes the kobold has made off with what they were looking for. Rovarth is going to enter the teleportation circle. Nice. And that's right. my turn. If I, I'm going to try and cross through it. Yep, you
1: do. And everyone else sees Rovarth's turn. Dive into this portal, and this teleportation circle, and immediately disappear.
2: Oh god. It
1: is now Arno's turn, who takes the disengage action, and dives into this portal after Rovarth. As I knew he would. And disappears. We are out of initiative, but I just need to know what everyone else does.
2: I think going through that portal would be the best idea, because, uh,
3: yeah. Um, we'll, well, we'll before we all step in the pro- portal. I go over to Flint and cure wounds.
2: I greatly appreciate you, Roscoe.
3: All right. Now I will
1: say, every second that you wait to act is a second in which Rovarth is on the other side of that portal by himself.
3: Yeah, it's pretty much. I go over, touch, cure wounds, and then run to the portal. All right.
2: How much do I cure wounds for, though? Fourteen. Ooh, da, 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 to the portal.
1: Alright. And I imagine Margot is not far behind.
2: Oh no, she dove through as soon as she could. Alright.
1: So, let me uh, close off that adventure and open up the next adventure, which I have dubbed Into the Wilds. I love it. So, What happens is, um, well, we'll talk about Rovarth first. So, Rovarth, go ahead and roll a dexterity check for me as you are free-falling through the air into what appears to be a jungle. Uh,
3: can I just
1: fly? Oh yeah,
3: you can! I forgot you had wings. So I'm going to use my newfound wings and try and slow myself down and slowly glide to the jungle floor.
1: I will say actually make another dexterity save but this time at advantage to see if you can catch yourself
3: before you hit the canopy because I was definitely not expecting this i was yeah. expecting to be in a different part of the library right. mm-hmm uh, did that roll yes oh, twenty two holy shit
1: double natural twenty yeah you catch yourself which also means that you are kind of Flying there for a second, as you see Roscoe, Margot, and Flint appear and free fall through the air.
3: Can I try and catch them? You can try and catch one of them. Don't think Flint can fly. I'll catch Flint. Okay. Flint. Actually, no.
1: Rovarth, make a dexterity saving throw regular. And then I need Roscoe and Margo to make dexterity saving throws. Oh,
2: my. <laughs> That's karma.
3: I got a one. Yeah. Eleven. Okay.
2: Fourteen? Yeah, fourteen.
1: Okay. So, Rovarth, you are not able to... Oh, okay. So, actually, then, because you were not able to catch Flint, I need Flint to make a dexterity saving throw. And Ashley you need to roll again, because you rolled at disadvantage.
2: Aha, nice.
1: Alright, we'll say that uh Rovarth did catch you. He was just only able to slow your descent but so much. What did yeah,
2: you
1: eighteen, okay. So you all managed to land together and Flint and Margot, you're able to kind of when you hit the canopy, you're able to kind of land, quote, softly which means I need the two of you to roll a d4. And Roscoe, because you failed to land softly, I need you to roll 2d6. I
2: got a one. So did Flint. Eight.
1: All right. Well, Rovarth, you're able to land well. You still kind of hit hard because you were trying to grab Flint at the time, so you do hit the canopy and kind of lose your... uh, Footing or winging. You, however, are not knocked unconscious by the fall. Flint will be unconscious for the next hour, and Margo will be unconscious for the next two hours, whereas Roscoe will not wake up for eight hours.
3: All right. Well, I guess I'll go and set up camp of my own and make them comfortable. All
1: right. They I mean they do all appear to be alive. They're just seriously beat the fuck up.
3: Yeah, it's fair. And I'm not going to stray too far away, but I'm going to see if I can find any cobalt tracks. Okay. With the survival? Yes. Which I'm also fair but I'm the only one. I get a 17. Uh you do not.
1: And go ahead and make a Arcana check for me real quick. Okay. Just to see what you're able to uh, pick up. You're pretty sure that the reason you guys ended up teleported right into the middle of the goddamn air is because the vault is so heavily warded against teleportation that even though they were able to teleport, it wasn't quite right. So you think you're somewhere near where they were actually trying to go.
3: Not one of them, zooms, but I uh, have an idea.
1: Yep. Now, we are going to... Uh, it froze up. There it is. Uh, uh. <clears throat> uh, Because Flint wakes up first. Flint, you wake up and... Everything hurts. And you are not in the library. You are clearly in some kind of forest.
2: Oh, God, I hate everything.
1: But when you look around, you can see Rovarth, and you can see Roscoe and Margo. Rovarth has made camp and is tending to a fire. Um, and, Flint, you get up onto your cloven hooves, and you sit there for a second, and then the voice in your head, this demon says, it says, Ah, your end of the bargain has been fulfilled, and thus so will mine. And, Wilworth, you, you see Flint get up, kind of stand up and, and stretch, and try to loosen up some of these sore muscles, and then, Flint, you immediately fall to your knees, and vomit up this ugly, Disgusting black ichor.
2: Oh, gross.
1: And Rovarth, this lasts for about... mm, 20 seconds. And over the course of this 20 seconds, you see Flint's form shift back to what you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And then this ichor, as a living creature, oozes itself away from Flint and begins to swirl up and form into the shape of a succubus. I will pull out my weapon and brace for impact. And the succubus says, Stay your hand, Rovarth Mirax. I have no interest in a fight. I am merely fulfilling
3: my end of the bargain. We're relaxed
2: somewhat. A <sighs> uh, is breathing heavy so." Just, just give me the information you promised. Yeah. Yes. Up, no fight.
1: The demon says, Ah, yes. Well, I will give you. First, your mother's name Claire Bouillon. A high elf woman. A noble, in fact. Who quite ironically, has been living in Seoul for the past 15 years.
2: What and the fuck?
1: And second, to continue our deal, Elric, your friend there, your little otter bestie, as part of an agreement, a job, broke Elric out of prison, and then Gave him away to Persons Unknown, where he was whisked across the ocean to O'Nun, specifically to the Yuan Empire, where he is being brutally beaten and tortured to make them weapons of mass destruction. And now we're done, and she just disappears.
2: You all right? (laughs) <laughs> this is part where me
3: as a player doesn't remember if that's what actually happened. I can't keep it all straight. Well, that's what makes it fun. Also, oh, I was there, so Robarth wouldn't know anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. So is is Flint just kind of saying what the fuck over and over again?
2: Like, yeah, pretty much, like, like my mother is apparently an elf, and she apparently lives in fucking soul. But, like, Alaric is on fucking on noon. Like, he is, like, he is just, like, mumbling and cursingly louder and, like, infernal. Like, Rover doesn't understand a word. But, like, he's just, like, screeching. He ends up just screeching and kind of, like, throws him the ball and screeching into the ground.
1: Uh, about how long would you say that lasts?
2: About f- five minutes and he chills the fuck out. Because. Yeah, it's not the time.
1: Now by chills the fuck out, do you mean he just stops yelling? <laughs> or like he gets up and eats some food or-
2: Yeah, pretty much. He kind of gets up, brushes his clothes off, takes a deep breath and goes and, and, goes and pulls out some rations and starts eating them.
1: I should mention, you no longer have boots.
2: I know, I hate it so much.
1: And then Margo wakes up next. Uh, Margot Flint and Rovarth are sitting around uh, a campfire. Roscoe is still unconscious, and everything hurts. You remember hitting the canopy and maybe five or six tree branches, and then everything kind of gets blurry.
2: She's just gonna be like, "What happened?"
3: The teleportation circle got messed up.
2: Okay. <laughs> I
3: think you hit some trees.
2: Okay. I'm just going to lay here for a little while longer. I hurt all over.
3: That's what I'd recommend.
2: Okay. So she just kind of, like, lays back down and covers her little eyes up.
3: Now,
1: as a question, how is Flint feeling about Margot right now? Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. Flint's going to want the whole story first, but he's going to let her, like, you know, not hurt, because now is not the time. Like, I imagine Flint is actually surprisingly good about just like shutting off his emotions. Like he's very good at putting them in a the box, yeah, and to the side until he can explode later.
1: That's that's kind of what I was about to ask. Is is this a moment of emotional maturity, or is this a what's the phrase? Brooding, not brooding. Dis- disassociation. Yes, disassociation.
2: He was the thing with Flint. Like I highly imagine. Like yeah, he's basically like he's like. 25, he's still kind of growing up. He's going to do the teenager thing where he just shut, where he's just going to disassociate, like, yeah. and shoved it all away. But the thing is, it's going to backfire on him later.
1: Mm hmm. And.
2: He's just, he can't deal with it now.
1: Yeah. And Roscoe, um, you wake up to the sunlight, the, the brief amount of sunlight that comes down through the canopy, mostly through the hole that you guys put in the canopy. And you know you see Rovarth, Margo, and Flint have uh, gotten their their breakfast, or they're eating their breakfast around the smoulders of a campfire, and you're you hurt all over, but not like, but you you still got the benefit of a long rest,
3: <laughs> right? Mm. I would I would say, good sirs and Margo, what hurts, but what would take less time is what doesn't.
2: Mm. What doesn't hurt, is my question. Nothing. Nothing (laughs) hurt. I kind of reach over and pat him on the head.
1: Roscoe, your suit is torn, and you do not have your hat. I'm more disappointed in not having the hat. Yeah. I can take care
3: of the filth, though.
1: Do you have the mending- oh, wait, Flint has the mending spell, doesn't he? I said I can take care of the filth, not the destruction. I am surprised that Flint, as an artificer, does not have the mending spell.
3: I have prestidigitation.
1: Yep. So, you guys are in some kind of jungle. There is a... The sun is bright enough that you don't really have any trouble seeing, especially because pretty much all of you have dark vision, or all of you have dark vision, but the canopy still obscures. Like, the whole thing is in shade.
3: So, good sirs and margos, have we figured out anything about our surroundings? I know that because of the wards and the library itself, we it didn't end up where the circle was, if supposed to take us. If I had to guess, it scattered us and the people who we were chasing randomly in an area throughout this jungle.
2: Understood? But it, that's
3: just an assumption.
2: And we are definitely not in the library anymore. Not in see more.
3: Flint's back to normal in case you couldn't notice. Ah, what? I'm glad to see. Did, I guess leaving the library took that effect.
2: No more hooves. Yeah, that freaking demon, that, that freaking demon decided to turn me back. Wait, demon? Long that story. A... Made, a bro- made a deal with the demon for information. Got the information. After this, we probably need to rescue uh, Elric. Because. Um. Weapons of mass destruction and fucking a moon. does not whoa, sound whoa, like a good whoa, 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 idea. Whoa,
3: whoa. Roscoe's like, oh, thing hurts, and I'm only getting fragments of what the heck you're trying
2: to tell me. My adopted father. I, I believe I've told you about him. He's dwarf. He taught me alchemy. He's not right, Hurt so, him, but like so, so, I don't want him dead.
3: So to get this of piece out, you were told about where your father is.
2: Yes. I also found my birth mother's name. And I don't know how to feel about that. And where she lives. Like, that she's in Seoul.
1: Also, specifically, you know that Elric is in the U.N. Empire.
2: Roscoe
3: takes a deep breath and goes, I know this is a lot. And there's a lot to discuss and figure out. But unfortunately, we gotta deal with what
2: is in front of us right now. Did Marco ever know did Marga ever know the name of Elric, or was that, I don't feel like she actually knew his name. She just went on this.
1: No, you knew oh, his name.
2: Think? Oh, okay. Well. I think, well, I mean, here's the thing. I think Flint never really mentioned his last name. He just kind of said, yeah, my mentor was a dwarf named Elric. The thing is, like, I kind of imagine in, from, like, Elric's particular community, Elric was actually kind of a common name. Oh, okay. And like, Benheim, like, he never really mm-hmm. mentioned that name, so it doesn't ring a bell to you. Okay, okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you knew Elric was a first name, but Elric is not an uncommon dwarf name. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't imagine that Flint has uh, told you. No, no, no. About, because, you know, Flint also knows that Marco was involved.
2: Yeah, listen, he's not going to bring that up right now. Like, no. <clears throat> that was the thing. Now, now do is you... not the time for him to have a meltdown.
1: Now, Rovarth, because you were there when it was said, you can make a history check for free. Does Flint mention that Elric is currently in the Huynh Empire?
3: Rovarth only got a six, and I don't think Abby replied. Huh.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was like, yeah, I need to write that down from my own memory, but yes, would say it? He would.
1: Okay, so anybody can make a history check if they would like to. Eighteen.
2: Do it. Seven.
1: <laughs> All right. On brain. Flint, you know that the UN Empire is uh, a... It is an old human empire, primarily human empire. You also know that they sided with the Tieflings, with the Tiefling Kingdom during the Great War. And that's pretty much it. Roscoe, you know that they are controlled entirely by the noble class. With a dictatorial emperor or empress who inherits the title. And each noble family has an army of their own. The kingdom itself technically doesn't have much of an army but because the Emperor or Empress has complete control, they can just conscript whoever they want.
3: Joy! <laughs> every noble every noble family in that empire has an army. And the Emperor and Empress can pretty much call upon those armies.
1: Now, I want everybody to make
3: nature checks. This could be fun. Flint's
2: got a 19. got a 19. Twenty-nine. <laughs> you <got a> four.
1: <laughs> okay, so Margo, nothing about this jungle really, you know, it, like, you've never been in a jungle before, and you're not all about all them book learnings. Yep. Roscoe, you're able to recognize some of these plants uh, from your reading, and they are very specific to one specific part of the world. Rovarth, you traveled through this jungle during the war. And Flint, you traveled through this jungle on your way to uh, Gador and Thar. The three of you are positive you are in the Karar Wilds. K-R-O-R-O-R. It is the single largest uh, forest in the entire world. It is so big that big chunks of it, like it, it goes from a deciduous forest to a jungle and then back because it covers most of this continent in fact let's see but yes you guys are fucking across the world and if you want to go ahead and open up that like if you go to where your character sheets are your uh, journal you will see a new map
3: Yay, my knowledge.
2: Knowledge! I hate it.
1: And you all are somewhere in that forest.
3: Ow, oh, the Karoor. Mm hmm.
2: Flint just kind of makes a very low groan that progressively gets flattered until so he's like, not quite Well, here's the
1: thing like, here's the thing about the wilds. When both of you traveled through the wilds, well, rather, when Flint traveled through the wilds, Flint traveled on roads and paths. You have never actually been in the wilds. Rovarth, you did, but you were with a battalion at the I time. was with a
3: goddamn army. We're somewhere in the <laughs> Cororor, is it pronounced correctly? Cororor? Cororor. Yeah, it's like an... A- Crow-roar. Crow-roar. Crow-roar, I can be. Yeah. We're somewhere in the Coror Wilds. We're Marched back. through here a couple times. We're close to the old, well, the old home of my people.
2: Uh, <laughs> close is a relative term. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're
3: on the other side of the world. <laughs> so yeah, closer. that's that's fair. Oh, man. I, well, let's go, Den Ed. It, I don't want to you know where right we are. Again. in The Coror Wilds can mean a lot of things. <laughs>
1: that's true. Did Flint have a bad experience in these wilds that I'm not familiar with?
2: He didn't particularly enjoy a noon in general.
1: Ah. So it's more about being on the continent that. than it is in the wilds, specifically. Oh, yeah,
2: like, here's how I kind of imagined his life. When he actually went to the door, like, when he was around like, 15, 16, so, like, in his childhood, it was not particularly fun. Yeah. Like he just does not like this continent in general, because it holds bad memories.
3: That's fair. To be fair, depending on when you've been on this continent, it probably holds
2: bad memories for a lot of people. Mm hmm. I, I think I'm only like 25, man.
3: A lot of good people I, died. I here.
2: definitely was not born during the war.
3: And Roscoe adds an John, a lot of people of many types
2: died here.
3: We need to figure out where that cobalt went concurred, or more accurately, okay. where they would be going.
2: Either one of those things sounds like a good plan. Actually, that's a good question.
3: Where would somebody take an ultra-powerful legendary artifact that's It doesn't it have obvious. the artifact. Oh. It has a map. It has a map to the artifact. Yes. Well then, the answer is obvious where they're going, you're going to follow the map.
1: Now, something that the three of you definitely know about the Wilds is that If you move in any direction, eventually you will leave the wilds. The fastest way would be probably going east or west. Now, if you're in the middle of the wilds... You don't want to go to the Blightwood. Yes, you run the risk of going to the Blightwood.
3: Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. because I helped make this geography. I remember the Blightwoods. (laughs) Yes.
2: I just looked at the name and was like, yeah. I don't mm. want to go there.
3: Some so, place filled
1: with undead.
2: Yeah. What, there. what
1: everyone go knows, um, even you, Margo, is that the Blightwood is what happened when the Tiefling Kingdom, whose name I should probably know, tried to destroy Arath, the first tree, the primal spirit of trees
3: and nature.
2: That's intense. I yes. think it was I can't remember off the top of my head what the Tiefling King itself was called, but I think their like capital C was like Yega, I probably pronounced that wrong.
1: I actually I just opened up the uh <laughs> the timeline. Uh let's see. Igria was the uh kingdom. The Tiefling Kingdom.
2: Yeah. Sweet.
1: And <laughs> that is rescue really Flint's dad. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if he exists, but hey.
1: Rovarth, you... Let's see. See if I can sparse out. Yeah, you would have joined the war... Yeah, man. Nearly a hundred years after they had done this.
3: Yeah, because that was at the tail end.
1: Yeah, after they had... Now, they had what you know about it, and what Roscoe would definitely know, is that Igria had torn the veil between the Shadowverse and Ildar. Uh Uh-oh. And elven mages were able to repair the veil, but all they did was stop the spread of the blight. So it's still there in the heart of this jungle, centered on what used to be the very first tree. You know, a, a tree millions of years old some dark history here for this stuff out of character Uh, and you've never been there but rovarth you have heard i know this is so much expedition exposition for listeners hopefully it's dope you have heard that the sun never rises
3: in the blightwood yeah that makes sense don't want to go there I'll leave it at that. I
2: fucking love this as like, as far as like story goes. It's so fucking cool.
3: The four I of you amazing.
1: the four of you are in what is possibly one of the most dangerous places in the world. Concurred. Well, it's a good thing we're four of the most dangerous
3: people on the world.
1: Now I want everyone to make survival checks.
3: you say that and then we make survival checks.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you freaking You're cursed, cursed the us. I know this.
3: This is amazing. Save us. Save us, person that's never been here. Margo. Margo, <laughs> please. Trying. So, for reference, Robarth got an 8. Roscoe got a 9. Plant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, got,
2: got a 2. In- yeah.
3: You wrote an after 1.
2: You freaking I got a 16.
1: 16. Alright, Margo. You know. That uh, you piece together that, A, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. But you can use where the sun seems to be. If you can get to the canopy just a couple hours after dawn, you think you might be able to figure out where. Or a couple hours after dawn or before sunset, you think you'll be able to figure out more or less where you are. Now, you'll definitely be able to figure out if you would just wait until nightfall, climb up into the canopy, and look at the stars. But basically, you figure you guys might want to just, like, hang out for the day. And Flint, Roscoe, Rowarth, because you do know quite a bit about the wilds, even with Arno helping, that kobold is going to be in a rough time traversing the wilds and getting where
3: they need to be. There's so many things that hunt at nights. I need predators in these woods.
2: I don't like that. I'm tiny.
3: Well, you're also a really awesome badass otter. Not to I mention can. you are in the perfect
1: area for green dragons. Also... Yeah.
2: also green dragons. Also, oh, stinky
1: no, I was about to okay. get there. Also... Oh, <laughs> Emerald dragons. <gasps>
2: oh, gosh, these are the stinky ones, right?
1: Yes. Yes, they are the stinky oh. ones. Yeah, no, green dragons breathe poison. I get it. Alright. So. I'm not worried. <laughs>
3: what's uh the plan?
2: This is a good question.
3: I don't want to travel at night in this place.
2: You don't want to fly to the top of the canopy at
3: nighttime. <laughs> hey,
2: I'm just kidding. That would be really dangerous. Just about now. now. Oh, try to land. Like, well, okay. well, that's that's what I
1: was saying. Is that Margot's intuition says that you guys should camp. That you yes. should just wait until nightfall, where Margot or Possibly Rovarth, but more likely Margot can climb care. up out of the canopy where you can see the stars, and that will help okay. you figure out where you
2: are. Okay, yeah, I- that's. Seems- I'd, I'd
3: rather deal with predators than that's get actually. lost.
2: So. Yeah. Uh, um,
3: then find out that you're only a mile away from the Blightwood and wander right into it. Yeah, I, I, I'm. 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 I'm more mm-hmm. afraid of wandering into like vampires and zombies and other random undead than just giant saber cats. Right now, yeah. Else yeah. happens to live here. Okay, now the important thing is we figure out where we are, and then we can figure out what to do from there. Yeah. Yep. All right. So you guys
1: are going to wait. Correct. Yep. All right. As you rest. Uh, you you won't be accosted in the night but you mm, margo make a survival check for me
2: um, okay you want a minute
1: wow okay you are pretty sure that you are to the southeast edges of the jungle which means if you head south or east you will avoid the Blightwood. And as you rest, Rovarth, you have dreams.
2: I mean, beyond your regular
1: dreams, you know, I mean, I'm sure Rovarth's a very ambitious person. But what you dream of is an abandoned building, some sort of mm, temple, maybe? And it is surrounded by death. And the sun is rising to the east of the entrance. And there is something inside of this building that is calling to you. And that's always the moment when you wake up. Okay. And with that dream, this episode is over. You got some stuff,
2: Abby? Yes. I have the Twitter, an Instagram, and a TikTok. Hopefully, it's filled with like, less, like, horrible, cliffhanger content for my character. But, like, that's probably a lie. So, yeah, enjoy your own peril. Uh, it's Elvenly underscore E. I forgot to do that not right now. It's In my defense, it's, like, 10 o'clock at night. I've had a very long day, and I had to wake up early. I'm tired.
3: You're fine. I know the brain fry myself.
2: Yeah.
3: I have a YouTube channel that is... Aerosol Prime, E-R-A-S-Y-L.
1: Abby's social media is elvenly underscore E-F-Y-I.
3: Yes, yes it is. But I have the YouTube channel, which is Aerosol Space Prime, E-R-A-S-Y-L Space P-R-I-M-E, where I play lots of RPGs. Go and watch it. It's fun. All right. As per usual, I have Twitter at Jarius underscore Jer, and I'm on Instagram at JerryJerryQuiteContrary, Jerry spelled J-E-R-I. Both of them you'll find musings on wrestling, you'll find pictures of gardening, costumes, cute animal pictures. Enjoy them, have fun.
2: I'm Ashley, and you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at amcosplayqueen.
1: And I have been your host, Eli. And if you have spent the past mm, six years writing a Dungeons & Dragons world setting and putting so much fucking stuff in there that you can barely remember half of it, Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Royal Artisan Props, where I do a lot of cosplay prop work. All right,
2: bye. Bye. -bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this part of our tale, Traveler. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever fine pods are cast. You can find us online at WePlayRPGs.com, on Facebook and Twitter at WePlayRPGs, and on Patreon at we Play RPGs Podcast. Your patronage is what keeps this podcast alive.